Hello and welcome back to another episode of Biff Pelbam, where I am your host, Paul. And this episode, we will re- be reviewing the latest DC movie, The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad, <laughs> which by the sound of it, people haven't been confused by it. They've seen it as it is. Um, so this could be interesting because we all know our thoughts about this film already because we've talked about it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to let you two guys go first with this. Um, and I will finish it off because you two will agree. <laughs> and I won't. So Gosh. Who, who wants to talk first? Oh, fuck's sake. Um, this movie is fucking boss. There is just, I mean, right, it's not the fucking best film ever, but it is fucking great. That That is my overall, did I like it or not? It's, I personally think it is better than Suicide Squad 2016, but purely from a, it's, it's just for completely different re- reasons. Although I must be said, it was a low bar to start with with that film, wasn't it? So. Well, see, I don't, I like both films. Yeah. I like the 2016 version, I like this version, but I like them for completely separate reasons. Mm. I like the, the original because it is dark and kind of like a good version of the Expendables. Yeah. Um, I fucking hate those Expendables films. And, yeah. um, and it is the grittiness of Zack Snyder. It carries on that universe. And out of the four, like the four of us that do this podcast, I think I am one of, if not, oh no, probably Craig's the bigger advocate for the Snyderverse out of the, all four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am quite a big advocate for it myself. But this film that has just come out is kind of what I would have expected if, they, if DC themselves had been consistent with their films over time, like this film more fits in with the likes of Shazam, Wonder Woman, 1984, probably at a push Aquaman, uh, and probably that wishes to come from DC, Mm. even though most likely it will not be shared universes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so yes, I mean, I think I've I've discussed this with Paul offline. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it for all the bad things. It's mental. It's completely <laughs> over the top. Um, the plot can be a little bit all over the place at times. Uh, it's gory. It's visceral. It's frenetic. Um, and those are the reasons I really enjoyed it. It was just it, because for me, the, the problem I had with, with the first one was that it took itself way too seriously given the concept. Yeah. Um, and it. also that I thought there were some characters in it that didn't need to be in there and some people that were poorly cast. I thought Carla Davinia, is it? Uh, she's not an actress. I thought she was terrible in that film. I'd, I'd say she is an actress, but she was nowhere near suited to that role. Yeah. And she's either part of the role. Yeah. And it, that t- took me out a little bit. And, and the Joker served no purpose in that first attempt yep. either. It just sort of slowed things down ridiculously. Um, but I, I fell for this film in the way in the way that um, that we get suckered in with that with the first sequence when we we see the film start, 
with characters who aren't actually main characters. Yeah. And I just did not see any of that coming. No. We get Michael Rooker. It's, oh, it's, all right, so we're going to film with, with Rooker's going to be in throughout this film, and then Nathan nope. Fillion's <laughs> going to be Fillion's going to be in this film for a while, and then uh, and then they weren't. <laughs> it was, it's the oh, fact that oh, you all right then fuck the really shit characters, and if you think about it, Michael Rooker's character is basically dead shot. Yeah, like, yeah. he's basically dead shot, and. He basically took the shit versions of other characters and shit characters in general, yeah, and killed them off in the first thirty seconds, not thirty seconds, first yeah. like 10, 15 minutes, and says, "Look, I am not fucking about here." Yeah, I I may have cheered slightly when a character from Down Under was sort of off in that first scene. Oh yeah, I yeah, that <laughs> pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, I I cheered big time because I don't like him as an actor. I do love the fact though that he actually went there with. Uh, arm fall off boy yeah he went <laughs> he, do- he dove into the fucking bottom of the barrel for shit characters in DC's archive yeah. and said I am putting them in a film You, could- I don't give a fuck because yeah. I was actually sat there thinking what you- when did these <laughs> what comics did these characters turn up in, in DC? <laughs> you know that- I-, I might actually need to go and read some of these oh. <laughs> I mean like Weasel I'd never even heard of Weasel before this film no, I hadn't actually. I will admit. And uh, just, I was just like, <laughs> I've heard of um, I've heard of Savant. I'd vaguely heard of J- uh, Javelin. Mm. I'd heard his name and thought that sounds shite. And um, then, of course, I started to get worried because I thought they're killing all these off. Does this mean that Harley's not going to be in this film? <laughs> <laughs> and I did get seriously worried at that point that Margot was only in it for an extended cameo. To be fair, um, though, I think. Paul wouldn't have bit really minded that considering things he said to us in our little group chat. Look, mm. I like Margot Robbie. I think she's a great actress. Yeah, it's sadly, just incarnation you don't like, isn't it? Sadly, no one seems to be able to write for her. Mm. Every film so far that she has been in has not been Harley Quinn. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. The only thing I'd say is if they brought in the writers from the Harley Quinn animated show, she would fucking excel. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, don't get me wrong, she probably could. And there's a reason why she was cast. Yeah. But sadly, they don't know how to write for her. Mm. Now, see, now the thing is, another thing you said to us, Paul, if they brought in Kaylee Cuoco, which they are not going to do in a million no, years. They won't. No, they won't. But if they were to do it, I personally don't think she would do well live action wise. I think she's better no. suited to just being a voice. No, I couldn't picture oh, yeah. her as a live action Harley. Yeah. No, uh, no, she's she's nowhere near what you would expect from Harley. Um, Margot has certainly got the look. That's yeah. that's yeah. not a problem. Accent, it's... The accent as well is just yeah. Well, like, um, yeah, but because she's had three different films, is it three? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and because they've all had different writers, tonally they're all very different versions of her, aren't they? In some way, yeah, yeah. There are bits that are the same, but I mean, I did not see her coming that she shoot the guy in this one. Spoiler oh one. yeah, I actually jumped out my seat for that bit. Yeah, and I give the film a shoot that I did not see that coming, and it's always nice when someone sort of because I actually did think, I'm like, where's this going to go with this marriage with this guy? <laughs> um, and then when she falls out, go. Pulls that out. Fair dues. 
But I'm a sucker for for Margot anyway. Like, I, I can't watch her read the, read the <laughs> phone ever book since Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I could watch her read the phone book for two hours to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I I, th- I do think it was interesting that she had her own parallel story in this one. I thought. I yeah, and I, I mean, I know, I know you said Tony that the plot could be all, all over the place a little bit, and yeah, okay, I'll take that point in certain aspects, but <laughs> the only place I genuinely thought, what the fuck is the point of this, was the whole sort of side side story of the marriage to the the general or the prince, whatever the hell. Yeah, you well, actually, and beyond that, I thought the other subplot with the rebels, yeah, was a little bit redundant. All the. <laughs> It was both funny and a bit cringeworthy when they went they make their way through that cab. I thought, you stupid bastards. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair place to woman. I just told the fuck off when they'd have done that to my team. My team. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the thing with I think the only purpose that those rebels served was to basically make Bloodsport's daughter see him in a completely different light by the mm. end of the film. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Um. But it was very funny as well. There was almost almost a balletic feel to it, the way he shot it and, and scripted it. And, oh, the bit in the camp? Yeah, and the competition. Oh, I, with and him, I near fucking pissed myself laughing at that Peacekeeper bit. And, but, yeah, and, and the film, for me, there were just these little pockets. Of, see, I know Paul did like it, but I did find Stallone's shark stuff was quite funny. <laughs> Let's hire an Oscar winner to say one-syllable words for the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know if listeners can tell, but Paul doesn't like this film. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Oh. But I was I, the only thing I had, I was expecting to be the, very much basically the same character or background from the one we had in the TV show. Oh but yeah, the, a slightly yeah. different version, wasn't it? Yeah, but no, we literally got a a bare level Hulk basically. Mm. I, yeah. I I did like. King Shark, to be honest, I thought he was great. Yeah, he, he, he got a lot of the really dark gags, basically, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you expect from a six-foot-tall fucking shark? Yeah. Let's uh, put it this way. James Gunn is good at designing films. Y- yeah, very much so. You can't argue He makes argue them look that. nice. And, yeah. and the th- you got to admit, though, that was evident from his earliest most works. Yeah. Like, even fucking Scooby-Doo. Yeah. yeah. Fucking gorgeous, honestly. God, I, mean, I, I still go back yeah, to bit, films. I'm a big fan of Slither, which I need to watch again. I haven't watched that in years. Um, I don't know whether you guys have seen it, but I think Slither is very much tonally similar sort of level of humour in that. Um, uh, it's worth a watch, actually. It's a really good horror film. Uh, with Philly in, in, in the lead. But, yeah, I just I thought there were little pockets of it. I mean, like I say, it, like Josh has said, it's not... It was. No, it's never a film that's going to trouble many of my top ten lists over over time. No, no. But it's just all. really enjoyable, and unlike the first one, it knew it's a ridiculous concept, and he just runs with it. And I think that's why it won me over more than anything. I mean, it's got a giant fucking starfish yeah. at the end of the film. I mean, it's completely ludicrous. <laughs> I will say though, my biggest bugbear is the fact that Starro was so. It's not even that he was so easily defeated. It was the way in... Uh, right. I, I had a, I had arguments with people in work about this. Um, yeah, okay, it's an alien fucking starfish, but eyeballs don't work like that. You mm. can't swim into someone's eyeball if you shrink down enough. It, yeah. 
it's just not possible. Well, I think that's because there there are very much sort of artistic elements as well. Too, wasn't yeah, some of yeah, 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 yeah. And I I get that. It just I, I'm I'm a fucking sucker for scientific accuracy. Sometimes I'm t- I'm almost autistic with it. I won't lie to you. Yeah. It's yeah, well, that kind of clashes a little bit with some with sort of trippy filmmaking styles, which yeah, very much so. Yeah, and I because there's that sequence where Harley's killing everybody in the corridor all the flowers coming out and everything which of course they're not really it's just this sort of but, see no i kind of like that because to me that's how she's seeing the world around her because mm. she is fucking batshit crazy i think that's where the eye thing probably comes from as well it's, it's mm, true thing. that's that's why we get it like that um but i suppose it can get lost a little bit in, in some ways just but I must admit, the- I, yeah yeah, on, on the note of how you're saying like James Gunn designs like such beautiful looking films and things like that, he the Bloodsport's costume and how like every part of his armor turns into some sort of weapon. I fucking love that idea. I want Bloodsport to come back. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely adore Bloodsport. I don't no, think I... dead shot, but I do like him. Let me just jump you back to Star for a second. I was quite moved with the, the line at the end that the general, the possessed general, says about him, sort of just saying that he was happy floating in space, staring yeah. at the stars. And that's a really nice line that Gunn gave us there. That it, it wasn't by choice, really, that he started to try and take over the, the place. Uh, he was happily there until, yeah. until, of course, the Americans pinched him out of space and stuck him on a rocket. Um, yeah, well, that, see, that that's the thing, because it, it puts a whole new twist on Starro, because from what I've, like, read and experienced of Starro in other media, like, he's he had a particular um thing in Young Justice, a mm. particular storyline, which was fucking fantastic, I highly yeah. recommend it, and he was just a big fucking starfish floating in space and thought, there's a fuckload of people on that, I'll go and invade them, and he was mm. just a bastard about it, whereas yeah. this one... He's just going off to see the universe, gets nabbed by a bunch of Yanks. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, other little bits for me that... Uh, I thought Capaldi was a little bit wasted. Very much so. Yeah. I didn't really get any feel for, for that character at all. Um, he was very wasted, although I will say he gave me massive 12th Doctor vibes. <laughs> Massive. The only yeah. thing he was missing was the hair and the costume. Yeah. That's that's it. He was basically the twelfth doctor, but mm. as a DC villain. Yeah. With a bit so of I, I suppose at this point we should ask Paul what he thought of the film. <laughs> Mr. Washington, I've... would you like to delight us with your opinion? Yes, I will. Um <laughs> I am the complete opposite to these two. Um <laughs> I went and saw it first out of everybody. Um, I saw it on opening weekend. Uh, was very excited to go and see it because I thought, oh, James Gunn maybe being allowed to do something a little bit different, uh, not tied in by Marvel. Um, I went and saw it and it was a James Gunn film by numbers. <laughs> it follows exactly the same pattern as both Guardians films. Uh, it starts off with the the big fight scene, like we had in the last one, um, has a ridiculous villain. So he's had a planet as the villain. Now he's had a giant starfish. <laughs> um, he has his furry character that's a bit ridiculous. Um, he has his non-speaking animal-type creature in Groot or 
King Shark in this case, um, <laughs> which absolutely ruins an Oscar winner, as I said before. Well, we, we did have a nice little furry rat that waves at people. Yes, who I will tell you his name was Crisp Rat. What? Oh, brilliant. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's a there's a little insider knowledge for you. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, King Shark, who was a much poorer version than the one that was in Flash. Mm. I'd much rather see that one again. Um, the characters that he's had in that have been in other shows, i.e., as I said, King Shark, Thinker, um, were all better on TV than these versions. Um, the dead uh, the dead shot replacement in Edris Elba. Let me tell you this, I think Idris Elba would be perfect to play James Bond because Bond is a knob and <laughs> so is Idris Elba. Um, hated that character with a passion. He has one note and that is it. Um, I can safely say that fits right in replacing Daniel Craig because he is exactly the same. Yeah, um, so it's not a, not a surprise that Idris Elba is being linked with playing Bond. Um, and yeah, and another one of my bugbears, and Tony's spoken about him in, in Nathan Fillion. I'm getting sick and tired of him playing these ridiculously stupid roles for James Gunn. He, it's basically taken a film career away from him, in my opinion. Um, he's been a leading man in TV for 15 years now. Yeah. Um, he has nine months of doing that. He has three months outside of that, probably. Um, to do movies, and he ends up doing these stupid parts that last no more than 10, 15 minutes at a time. Mm. And for me, it's taken away a career that could have been much bigger than it is. Um, and I find it a real shame. Um, literally, it is like Guardians. He's just ups the ante with some ridiculous violence that, for most parts, isn't needed. Um, I don't need that in a Saturday matinee film, which is what a comic book film should be. Even with things like Batman and stuff like that, there's not that much violence in it compared to what James Gunn threw at this. Um, just not for me when I'm watching a comic book film. Mm -hmm. It's just too over the top. Mm -hmm. um, I want a comic book film that I could take my son to say, I yeah. saw the original Batman at six. Wow. And would quite happily show Sam that now at eight. There's no way I could show him the Suicide Squad. He knows who Harley Quinn is. And I can't show him it because yeah. of how ridiculous it is. Mm. Um, yeah, I could quite happily show him something like Justice League. In fact, mm. he's watched Justice League and have no problems with it. But he knows who Harley Quinn is and he can't watch this because of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it's just not a comic book film for me. It's just James Gunn putting his stamp on something, um, which isn't needed. It's it's bad when your favourite character is someone called Polka Dot Man, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is just ridiculous. And and then they're saved by a rampant, whatever you want to call it, of rats. Yeah. Horde. Yeah, it's just it's just not for me. And as I said earlier, no one seems to have nailed Harley Quinn. Well, the joke may have. Hey! But, hey! <laughs> and possibly Deadshot as well. 
Um, <laughs> if the A, of course, is to be believed. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, Harley Quinn, I'm pretty much out on now. I am done. I won't be racing out to see whatever comes next for her. Um, I, I tried. I tried with Birds of Prey. I eventually watched it about three or four months after it came out, and that was shocking. And then this has yeah, just followed is, the same is, pattern. That is dog shit, to be honest. Um, sadly, I... And I'm going to say it now, I probably Guardians is quite low down on my list of Marvel films. I wasn't a massive, massive fan of them. Um, he also tends to hire uh, or have a lead character who's a dick um, in Star-Lord, in Guardians, and then in this case, Peacemaker. Um, Cena needs to do one because he's I, awful. I, I will say, in regard to Peacemaker, he was an absolute see you next Tuesday in this film yeah. and the fact that he was killed and then the the end credit scene is basically his TV show linking type thing that they're going to do on HBO Max I was quite pissed off at that I won't lie because I really wanted the prequel in how his dad basically tortured him as a kid into I didn't even realise there was an end credit scene <laughs> oh so Tony didn't even stay oh right no I was out of there. I was out of there after the bit where Weasel wakes up. Yeah, no, there's a second one of uh, Peacemaker waking up in his hospital bed. Oh right. Um, well, that's that's fine because I would never stay to the end of a DC one anyway. That's purely a Marvel thing for me. No, um, and yeah, I I don't need this spin-off at all. Um, it, it's just, and I think DC have shot their load over it, and will we'll now <laughs> be realizing they've made a mistake after the absolute dismal failure of the box office uh, for I'm this film. I wonder whether the, the failure of the box office is because they released it on HBO Max as well. But what they're saying the- that they, they've not even seen a jump in subscriptions on HBO Max. Ah, oh, right, okay. So it's, it's just... It's, oh, it's, apparently it hasn't even made the money the first one made on its opening day oh, in right. two weeks. Um, so it is an absolute failure. It's do you think it is just because of the pandemic and because the situation is slightly worse over in America, or as I said at the start, I think people saw the original and I'm an advocate for the original one because I think it's way better than this one, um, with better actors, um, and better characters than this new one. Um, but they're saying that people may have just seen the first one and gone, I don't need to see a second one. Yeah. Mm. Right. And that the franchise itself is dead. Yeah, because you think about it, it's technically a soft reboot rather than a, a sequel, but you could yeah. still argue that it's a sequel. It's still pretty much the same name. Yeah. People are going to look at it and go, oh, they've just added the at the beginning yeah. of it. And that that's something I'm not a fan of generally because um, they did it with the Final Destination films. Yeah, um, I think maybe the fourth one was called The Final Destination, and and I'm not a fan of that. And then it's um, and they did it with the Thing prequel as well. They called it the Thing. Uh, they did it with Fast and the Furious as well, didn't they? Oh yeah, the Fast and the Furious. That's right. Yes, they did indeed. And it's just um, it's a lazy way to title films for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I I think pretty much the nail in the coffin. For, for this franchise. Um, I know James Gunn has obviously got this spin-off, which is finished. They're done. So it's going to get released. 
Um, What's the spin-off about then? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Oh, right, okay. Where's but that's one? all we know. <laughs> yeah, apparently... Well, from the worst characters. Yeah, because uh, originally it was meant to be Dave Bautista oh, in that yeah. role. Um, and then he had to pull out because he was filming something else. Because of the pandemic, they moved it around. And he had to pull out and John Cena got it. And now apparently John Cena's James Gunn's best friend. <laughs> So um, is that a prequel or a sequel? Well, it, they originally said it was a prequel, and then obviously they've now set it up as a sequel. It got on the back of the scene that I never saw. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you'll be said then, because that film would have come out. I thought, well, how does that work then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my thoughts. I just did not enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I kind of felt like a wasted trip to the cinema, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's not very often I say that, considering though... I say that my last time I used my uh, my pass to the cinema before I got rid of it about eight, seven, eight years ago um, was the last Die Hard film. Um, oh, and yeah. I put that on maybe Suicide slightly higher than that, but not much. <laughs> oh, are we giving it a score out of five then? <laughs> oh, no, gonna buy, oh, we want a nice big percentage score, don't we, on this? <laughs> Go for it if you want to. Uh, 78. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm not going to go much higher than you, Tony, but I think it's just because I love a bit of bloody gore and violence and like comedy to go with it. Uh, 80. Yeah. <laughs> 47. Oh, do you know what? After, after what you said in our little group chat, I genuinely thought you were going to go around the twenty thirty mark. No, I, I, do you know what? I can. I never feel that I can give a score much lower than fifty, just yeah. because of the work that's gone into them. Yeah, it's it's still being put on the screen. So for me, I would say an average film is about seventy. Okay. Yeah, well, I was going to say yeah, then, other places I use a five star rating, and very much I find the majority of films I see very much tall as three and three and a half, right in the yeah. middle. Um, yeah. and it, it has to be a real stinker for me to give something one star or two stars, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this I would say this is about two and a half stars, mm. okay, yeah, for me. So, there we go, yeah. but people didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always. Fairly even killed. It's not very often that something really rolls me up, but this no, it's not. This it's did. So yeah, I always thought you were the kind of guy who'd look for the positive in, like even, you know, like fucking Superman for the quest for peace, like you did. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get me killed. wrong. There is positive moments. Yeah. Uh, as I said, Polka Dot Man, I think was great. Um, some really touching moments. Rat Catcher Two. I thought was was yeah. really good as well. Nice she put in a great oh, performance. Loved it. Um, but another one that I'm tending to lean towards the fact that I don't like is Ratcatcher One. I'm not a massive fan of Taika Waititi. I have to be honest. Um, the more I thought about Thor Three, uh, the more I don't like it. Um, oh. And I'm worried about the next one, um, especially with the James Gunn influence in there as well. With the Guardians, um, I'm struggling to get myself excited for that. Um, I'm actually more excited about some of the stuff that we haven't seen before, like Eternals, 
uh, and stuff like that than I am overseeing um, another Waititi directed Thor film. Mm. Um, especially with the lack of Mark Ruffalo this time around as well, who I thought was the anchor for the last one, um, which is kind of missing now. Um, so yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of his introduction into Suicide Squad either. Um, but his daughter, yeah, I thought she was she was really good, and I hope we might see more of her. If anybody, I would like to see a spin-off for her mm, at yeah, some point along the line. That on the internet, yeah. Um, despite the fact, as I said, one of the down points was them being saved by a horde of rats. <laughs> um, but I think they could do they could do something more personal than than the uh, the millions of rats that she. Uh, she put on parade. Showing my age now. Roland! Roland. <laughs> Please! <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's our thoughts. Um, as you can see, it was very split. Um, I'm sure Craig will love it. I don't think he's seen it yet. Um, he has been away for the last week. He's been in um, the most northern point of the UK for the last week. So I'm not <laughs> sure he's even seen it. He's in um, the art of fucking circle, never mind the most points of the UK. He was pretty much, he was in John O'Groats, so... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so he couldn't have got much further north unless he was in the Arctic Circle. Um, last, but I'm sure Craig will love it. He was last seen in a Norwegian outpost. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's it for the Suicide Squad. Um, we will be continuing our weekly reviews of What If?, um, we've just released the, the first episode review and we will be back with episode two next week. And thank you boys for joining me once more. No problem. No problem. And thank you listeners for listening to my rant. Um, <laughs> my very rare rant about film and TV. Um, hopefully the DC universe will improve. Uh, I don't see the flash being an improvement, but hopefully the Batman will be. Um, and anything that, that's coming afterwards. Um, hopefully the JJ Abraham stuff will um, be a little bit better, though Star Wars fans probably won't agree with me that it could be. Um, but we will be back with What If Episode 2 next week. Good night. Night. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Oh.